Welcome to the Boldness Disability Current Affairs on 3CR. The Boldness is about standing up for your human rights instead of waiting for some well-meaning person to give them to you. My name is Rafael Caleb and tonight's guest, she's an autistic, non-binary, author, comedian and master of ceremonies and can we have a big drum roll before we let people know who it is how good is that welcome to the show jackie pillar hey hi thanks for having me i'm really excited to be here now, Jackie is sort of like, is there a little bit of mad pride being in the studio? Absolutely. I love it. I love the theme song. We were rocking out here. Absolutely. I love being on radio. Well, you certainly do. We've been doing some yammering beforehand. <laughs> now, Jackie, what actually is yammering? Yammering? Oh, yammy, 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 yammy. I think that's, yammer is like, it's interesting how people that are on the spectrum, like we're talking about, we don't yammer like everybody else. We go straight for topics. We don't like small talk, do we? So. What small talk got to do with absolutely anything? Nothing. There's just nothing worse than I really struggle with, with talking about grandma's curtains. I'd much rather talk about world history. Well, with world history, how does some, let's have a bit of a spiel about anthropology. Oh, anthropology. The study of being human in all times and all spaces. Okay, well, it's if you all spaces and everything else like that. How does this actually relate to entertainment? Does it actually help you with what you're doing with maybe your writing and your creativity? Definitely. I do. I had someone describe my comedy recently as a funny TED talk because I often I do approach comedy from topics and that may be to do with being a person on the spectrum. Uh, I like to approach comedy from a topical point of view, not not talking about, uh, not mocking others either. So it probably does. I mean, anthropology has a code of ethics. It's 11 pages long and it's basically Ooh, saying, yeah. yeah, it's basically saying, and anthropology has a history that isn't so good. You know, anthropology has been responsible for some pretty bad stuff in the world too and has learned its lessons. Well, so, it certainly mm. does, but you actually mentioned one of those key words for disability. Have you any idea what that actually is, Jackie? Ethics. Well, disability and ethics doesn't exist. Either. I know, I know. That's why I was curious. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, but that little word, on the spectrum. On the spectrum, What yes. does that mean? Well, it means for me that it's me and that it's something to be proud of. Uh, but I also don't like to downplay some of the things that are more difficult about being on the spectrum because that would mean we were erased and there's nothing that, you know, that's not what I intend to do. Well, everyone is special with unique gifts. Absolutely. Yeah, we were talking about some of my unique gifts that, you know, I have had this life. I was even drawn to anthropology not knowing it was linked to my where I am on the spectrum. Because as um, a young person, I had some very passionate interests. Right. Now, this is one of the things we're going to really clarify here. Why do you prefer the word 
which you just used there, instead of obsessed, and I'm not using it intentionally, <laughs> because most people would describe it as obsessed, not passionate. I think obsession is potentially a lazy way of saying dedicated or committed. It's just about perspective. And it I know that a lot of young people on the spectrum, you know, I once engaged with someone on Facebook who said I have a lot of, you know, complex, I make complex lists of things and it's useless. And I was really upset for them. And I turned around and I said, no, you know, what do you think a librarian does? What does a scientist do? They keep lists of of information and that's not useless. Well, it's interestingly enough, Jackie, a lot of people with autism do work in libraries. Yes, including a dear friend of mine who we were diagnosed four years apart. We both went to uni together and gravitated together. Right, now tell us about your life journey to where you are today and would like about 60 seconds. 60 seconds. I came from an unusual family, dad 20 years older than my mother. My dad, I believe, was on the spectrum. We... we were here till I was four in in um, the Dandenongs and then we moved to the Sunshine Coast of Queensland. I then have done a few things since then. Um, I sometimes have – my sense of novelty takes me on different journeys. A few and adventures. A few adventures. I've lived in Alice Springs. I've lived in China. I've lived in Darwin and I've lived in far north Queensland and now I am back in Melbourne. You're back. I'm back. Right. Now, as far as getting this diverse range of experiences, your passion, tell us about exactly your passions. Well, it was interesting because I just spent four hours with a speech pathologist recently who tracked all of my uh, passionate interests through life. And she said they all came down to one word, and that was... I'm really interested in why people are evil. Well, that's everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Potentially. Well, that is absolutely everyone. So, and then I suppose I'm really drawn to social justice and I have everything I have done through my life has had a social justice, I I like to say a social justice bent. Social justice bent. Yeah. Now, when we're talking about a social justice bent... Do you mean like you'd like to actually talk or work one-on-one with people or do you like to actually get there out in the big open world with the whole world, they're looking at you, Jackie, the spotlight's <laughs> on you where you can actually change the world, you can make it and you can break it? What do you reckon? I think it's a bit of both. Can I have both? Is there? Do we have option A, B, C, D and F? There's no correct answer. That's your call, Jackie. <laughs> um, I think I like working... Um, one-on-one with people, but I'm not terribly good long, in, you know, long periods of working with people. And that was because I need lots of solitude and quiet. So I do that. And then on what I do on stage, I suppose, takes my experiences and makes it big on stage. And yeah, I do. I think it's nothing wrong with wanting to change the world to make it a better place. Exactly. <laughs> and there's a lot of things that has to be changed in the world. Okay. Now, when you're on stage... What do you actually do? I still I tell stories, and there's usually uh, you know stories. It's not traditional punchline 
comedy. There are punchlines in there, but it's more about funny stories that take you on journeys and might have an educative point of view as well. I might educate, uh, particularly around I'm now – I had someone say to me recently, I got off stage and they said that was the first time they'd seen anyone out themselves as autistic on stage. And my opening joke was when people say to me, but you don't look autistic – 20-second right. silence and just stare at the audience and then the audience laughs and then I say, are you happy now? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Have a big round of applause there for Jackie. A big round of applause for Jackie. It's coming right up. We have got a big live audience. <laughs> wow. Sounds, that sounds pretty at awesome. Is that the kind of response you got? Yeah. Well, it was a... It was a smaller group, probably about 40, and there was a bit of a cheer that went up for that one. Um, You don't look autistic or you don't sound autistic is, you know, a fairly common thing that people say. And I wrote a blog post once talking about the prep I do to speak. Okay. that's We're going to go right down, is it, with autism and, let's say, being on stage, how would you actually – What's your experience of preparing to get up on stage? I run the scripts through in my head a lot, repeatedly. I write them out and then I draw flow charts and I draw pictures. And then often what I'll refer to is I get it down so that I, I see what I'm going to talk about in my head in a visual sort of flow chart thing I do. And um, I was talking to, you know, a number of other people. It's like they're quite – they see my notes and they go, oh, they're quite artistic. I'm like, so they're colourful, aren't they're colorful, they? They're colourful. There's like blue lines, purple lines, you know, that sort of thing. But it's very visual because I see the world and experience the world visually. Even before I write, I've seen it visually. And yeah. then I write. <laughs> now, sure, is that with this little thing about you've got all these colours, you've got a notes – is it like a traditional flow chart where you've got, let's say, your hexagons, <laughs> you've got rectangles, you've got the circles, you've got the question marks, you've got the linking stuff, or is it an interpretation? It's more interpretational. It's more like the interpretational dance of flow charts. Um, sometimes it has facial expressions in it, you know, like because it has, you know, what I'm looking for in the crowd because I'm fairly face blind so you know Uh, (laughs) yes so um sometimes i even write where i think the thing should land and what i should be looking for in the crowd right so do you sort of like you're zoning on one person or is anyone a possible target (laughs) Uh, i think it's pretty much anyone i also i joked recently with a crowd of um, young people at asperger's victoria function i did about how we're great public speakers because the key lesson they teach you to public speakers to look at a dot at the back of the wall at the back of the room above everyone's heads and because we I don't do eye contact very well so I just do that naturally so fantastic <laughs> so that's you know that's and then I had these young people who were on the spectrum nodding going oh that's all you know that was cool that you might mean make to them say feel we could actually have a budding range of real entertainment about people just getting up being themselves up on stage on the spectrum, eh? Yeah, that's the plan. Well, that's, that, that's our plan for world domination. You know that. Well, I thought people with Asperger's syndrome, because I have Asperger's syndrome, they're pretty much similar. Yeah, very much. So world domination sounds pretty cool to me. Yeah, world domination of people that are trying to unpack 
the world and make it a better place and more forgiving and more accepting place. More forgiving and acceptance. Mm. Mm, that's a bit of a worry, that one. The one about <laughs> forgiveness. I mean, I, like I said, I have all, I mean, I have Asperger's syndrome. I don't do forgiveness. <laughs> I've struggled with forgiveness too. I mean, do you go through this stage like, my idea of forgiveness is, it's like this. I reckon they should be banished to another galaxy without the benefit of a space suit. <laughs> What do you reckon? I, I remember writing a line in a song once about what we should do to a certain politician about putting him in a massive slingshot and shooting him into space. Um, well, that, recently, sounds rather ter- so. that sounds rather terrible by my standards. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I, I think it's something that I've had to work on because I grew up being very bullied and uh, picked on and I, I decided it was easier for me to work on forgiveness, but I'm not sure that it's – traditional idea of forgiveness. I think I do shove them in a filing cabinet and visualise that in my head. Yep, kind of like the old good old memory bank. is sort of like, thank you very much for giving me more material here. I will get you and it will become public knowledge. I'll get you on stage later. (laughs) It's like, yeah, this is why I've been single a very long time because it's like, you know, (laughs) people are frightened I'm going to put it on stage. Right, okay. (laughs) You meant to say, Jackie... Are you actually planning to character assassinate me if you've got anything coming up? Um, no, definitely not. They haven't given me any material yet. <laughs> well, we're having, a, we're having a really, really, really good time here. Now, I reckon that because we're about 15 minutes in, it's time for us to play some community announcements. What do you reckon, guys? Sounds like a plan. It's not too late to donate. It's not too late. It's not too late to donate to 3CR Radiothon 94198377 or check our website 3cr.org.au Hey you, you who are listening, we haven't reached our target yet, but you can help us out. Log into our website, 3cr.org.au, or call us on 94198377 and give us some support. Help us keep running this radio for another year. We need you. Well, thank you very much, and welcome back to the Boldness Disability Current Affairs on 3CR. My name's Rafael Caleb, and in the studio live, we have got Jackie Pillar, entertainer extraordinaire. (laughs) Now, Jackie, is that, tell us about some of the things you've actually done in entertainment. Okay, well, I've just moved from the Northern Territory a year ago. And, right, did you need a visa? Uh, yep, I think so. I think I, I, need, I think I need a coming back to culture visa, coming back to um, the arts culture. It's been amazing. I mean, Alice Springs has a fairly vibrant arts culture, but a small one. <laughs> so, you know, coming from a population of 24,000 to what is the population of Melbourne? Well, it's I mean, kind of like... A Whatever lot. it is, it's too many people Five for me. Five million? Wow. Too Five many people million. anyway. Yeah, I know. I started to collect shoes in my head when I first had to drive, walk along um, Swanson Street to go to my day job. I couldn't look up. I was so... You know, like I'm used to passing five people in the street over two days. And here you pass 500,000 in one hour. Yeah, and I... I used to make my colleagues laugh because I would walk in the door and give them a lowdown on everyone's shoes. 
because I was walking with my head down um, so much and stock taking everyone's shoes on the street. <laughs> so, yeah, no, well, I said, Jackie, is it? So you came down from Alice Springs, and in the meantime, you went down to, I think it was Sydney Fringe? I did. Melbourne and Sydney Fringe was my first stops when I got in the car and drove. Right, and I that's was, about 12 months ago. Yeah. So prior to that, I had done showcases um, that were in Alice Springs that were a bit like, again, TED Talks, but funny, um, where we had four showcases of four comedians and they would speak to a topic. Again, can't do small talk, can we? Uh, <laughs> speak to a topic. Well, um, it was only sort of like four topics. Yeah, for, no, it was, it was the theme. The first show was called Vagina Monolaughs and it was a take of, piss take of, pardon the expression, of Vagina Monologues and we talked, it was to fundraise for uh, Working Women's Centre, MT, NT, and it, we talked sexual harassment, gender equality, those sort of topics. And as I MC, I use historical anecdotes in between performers. Fantastic. That sounds really, really, really good. No, but since, like, you've, you've actually hit the big time, like, you're at 3CR, you're with the boldness. It, doesn't, doesn't get much, so it does not get much better than this. But, like, have you got anything maybe planned, which you maybe bought your fundraising for? Yeah, we have a fundraiser for a fairly spectacular version of those kind of showcases that I used to do in Northern Territory around a certain unmentionable major festival later on in the year. year. And if you got onto Possible and searched Community Heroes, you will see me in one of my famous notorious costumes and a showcase of people like Sally Goldner, James Williams, Yvonne mm. Fine, and Kath Duncan. Well, we know Kath Duncan. Well, she actually hijacks interviews. I know. I wouldn't be surprised. She's, she's awesome. Actually, she's one of the best people to actually, actually interview because she doesn't wait for an introduction. She comes in, cuts people off. <laughs> it's fantastic. Just goes for it, yeah. Her, um, Kath and I have the same mentor. Um, I'm being mentored by Nellie Thomas, who's awesome. Shout out to Nellie. And Kath and I, we share, um, you know, this. And I think Nellie has a, a workout cut out for her with both of us. <laughs> quite quick. Right. So you actually put a kind of like you put her through the mincer, do you? Yeah, yeah. It's um, the, This showcase is a bit exciting because it's aimed at – there's a line in it, you know, that where I say I'm going to walk off the stage and, and have a shot at – at some certain products that mimic diversity diversity, because we're presenting diversity. We are a show of diversity, written by diversity, for diversity, performed by diversity. That's what we like to hear with disability. It's about diversing and embracing everybody's talents, making education inclusive. Now, would that have anything to do with maybe fundraising to make it really accessible. accessible yeah that's the deal so possible is you know like we it's basically got we're getting on it Auslan interpreted but we would like a little bit of extra cash for me to be able to caption the videos because we're planning on live streaming as well so that people like myself who struggle to even perform sometimes because of sensory problems might want to watch it from home and then and that's we, a way to include more people in the yeah, community. Yeah, and so is that going to be captioned? Yeah, it, we we would like to get have it to the point where it's the video is going to be available at the end of it captioned. So if they've watched it live streamed, 
and then it will be Auslan interpreted. It's quite an expensive effort and, um, you know, what, that's our intention with the fundraising is just to get a bit more moolah behind it so we can fully... Fully actually integrate the whole thing to make it into a, a disability, the disability experience. Yeah, yeah, t- yeah. And and that it's about a fully inclusive process. But, you know, it's interesting because the venues in in Melbourne are becoming – one of the interesting things is we're making our performances accessible, but a lot of venues in Melbourne need to lift their game just quietly and yeah, be we're not fully going to accessible. Mention, we're not going to go there about what any of those venues are. <laughs> no. Because, because, because you see, is that one of those little things that how do you actually know what actually happens if there's people with disability on the committee of management and the boards – well, basically, usually it actually won't happen. So we only fight the battles that we can. can so, yes, so we actually precisely. have our own disability-driven leadership and pride. That's right. And this show is going to have an accessible venue because the the certain festival is was working really hard to make the venues accessible, um, which is good. Uh, that, but I will. I'm a, I, I am allowed to say that the show is called Tickets on Myself. Right, and that name comes from two things. Um, people from I'm going to use the words marginalised communities. We either get told that if we if we have speak up about our human rights being impinged upon, we get told that we have a chip on our shoulder, and if we're proud and we have pride, we get told we have tickets on ourselves. So we've decided we're claiming tickets on ourselves. Well, I really like that one because you see. I heard about tickets on myself. I heard about. I think it went to social media. For the fundraising, yes. Yeah. I actually heard about the more before. I actually heard it before the fundraiser. Ooh. I actually heard. I think it actually went out. The call out went out. I think it was about the middle of May. Yeah. Because I got informed there was a group coming and watch this space and tickets on myself, and I think it might have been uh, Naomi Shani. Or it might have been Kath Duncan that actually tipped me off to keep an eye out. So I watched this space and I thought, tickets on myself, autism. Well, if you've got, I mean, Asperger's syndrome, tickets on myself, that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 we should be proud. And, um, and you know, in the middle of, of this show is the Disability Pride doco, the Disability Mural Docker by Naomi Shaney and Larissa McFarlane. And they're also awesome human beings. And I'm really proud to be able to, to show the film in the middle. Oh, the um, sure is that I've known Larissa for about 13 years. Yeah, we go back a long way. I've, known, I've met Naomi about, just about 13, about 12 years ago too. Yeah, and I met uh, Larissa at Mad Pride for Melbourne International Comedy Festival. And you would have met maybe Heidi Everett there? Yeah, yeah. She got me into She wrangled me into Mad Pride. It's just, you know, and Heidi's fabulous. Yeah, they certainly are. But these are some of the disability, the face of disability. Yeah. Now, how do you actually find, like, autistic, I mean, like, up on stage, you've got <laughs> lights going off, sensory issues, lots of people there, billions of lights, quite mm. probably. How do you actually handle that kind of stuff with sensory overload? I have to have sort of take time out afterwards. And I have to be prepared that day as well. So I'm sort of aware that I'm overloading myself. I also wear a headset mic. I don't handle a, um, a normal mic 
a normal mic would have a normal. I don't believe in normal, and use that in my language. It's not that's even over, that's only for washing machines. It's only, it's only a cycle on the washing machine. Hey, it's exactly right. Um, I actually use a headset mic, and I joke it's because uh, I I have a, you know my senses get muddled up, and sometimes I touch a surface and it tastes like battery acid. So right. well, that's I, anthropology, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> basically. So I, I handling a microphone is just another sensory thing because I get a bad taste in my mouth as well. So <laughs> um, literally leaves a bad taste in my mouth. So I use a headset mic, but I just prepare and then I make sure I've got downtime, quiet time and uh, under the doona and Netflix time or even just quiet space with my service dog right. later on. Okay. Now, from this, when you're saying downtime, is that one of the things I found from entertainment, there can be a letdown after a show. How much downtime are you talking about that time out for yourself? Probably a lot more than some people, you know, who aren't on the spectrum might experience. I, I'm not much of a party animal after I perform. And then it's usually a whole day of like quiet and solitude the next day, which means I often wonder about how I'd go touring. <laughs> Because I think I would have to put myself in the boot of the car. Well, what about somebody else put you in the boot of the car <laughs> yeah. instead, Jackie? Yeah, I know. And I just hang out in there with, you know, as long as there's Wi-Fi, it'd be all cool. <laughs> right. We're actually going to go, um, go jump right ahead because we are really quickly running out of time. We're having a good timing here, though, Jackie. <laughs> now, you've actually, when we were yammering earlier, you're talking about maybe a possible video series you're thinking about putting together. Oh, yeah. So, um I'm working on writing a video series which will be called Autorcist and it's a play on, you know, the word autistic and talking and it will be a panel sort of discussion talking about news and our a really literal take because a lot of the stuff I do on stage is my literal take on things. I was at work the other day, there was a mouse. If we've got time, I'll tell this quick story. Have we got enough time? Ah, uh, you've got 30 seconds. Oh, I put a mouse in a lift because I was escorting a mouse off the premises. <laughs> and and my colleague said, oh, jokingly, put the mouse in the lift and take it downstairs. And I did, as I took them literally. <laughs> and, and they're still laughing about it. So I talk a lot about being quite literal. So this show will play with literal humour. Marvellous. Now, Jackie, what's the best way for people to go, either get in touch with yourself or for possible details about your fundraising? Okay, possible. If you get onto the P-O-Z-I-B-L-E, you will see Community Heroes live streaming. Is that? You can find Tickets on Myself. Just search Tickets on Myself on Facebook. And on Facebook, you can find me, Jackie Pillar, spelt funny, J-A-C-C-I, Pillar as in Pillar of the Community. <laughs> um, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's an evil sense of humour. <laughs> pillar of Community or, or Get Pillared, one of the two. Fantastic, is it? That's all we've got time for tonight. My name's Rafael Caleb. We've been talking with Jackie Pillar, who is an autistic, non-binary author, comedian, about what happens with autism, what happens in entertainment. Thank you very much. Keep listening to Completed by Lovely. I'm heading up to Wild at Heart, singer-songwriter night at 3 Blackwood Street later tonight. Keep listening to Completed by Lovely. Thank you very much to Darren for panelling from Ruminations. That's been fantastic. We're going to kick off with us. We've got to finish off with a song before Completed by Lovely. And Jackie Pillar, 
You are smarter than me by rudely interrupted. Thank you very much. And it's we are going. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.